that was City Ruins 2, and you are listening to the latest episode of Garbage Game Club. I'll be your host today, Nicholas Lamone, and you are in for a very special treat because this is a very special episode of Garbage Game Club. And it's special because Joey's not here. And the reason? Oh, I'm here to talk about Near Automata. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Garbage Game Club. As you may have heard, um, if you haven't, I highly suggest going back and listening to my previous episode. It was a solo dolo moving special just because I've been obsessed with the Nier franchise. And uh, last time you guys heard me, I went all in on the original Nier replicant slash Nier gestalt. And now I'm here to talk to you about arguably one of the most underrated games in the last five years, Yoko Taro's Nier Automata. Is it Automata or Automata? It's definitely Automata, like Automaton. Um, But yeah, I'm just kind of finishing up talking about this franchise because I think it's something so special. But um, enough like preamble, let me just get directly into it. Uh, I originally had played through uh, Nier Automata when it released back in 2017. And for whatever reason, it was a game that I thought was really interesting, but it never really stuck with me. For some reason, I just didn't really care about the lore. Maybe I just wasn't in the right headspace, but overall, I was just like, oh, cool action game. That's about it. Nothing really stuck out to me, save for one thing, and it's the song you heard at the beginning of the podcast, City Ruins 2. Um, Something about that song just kind of stuck with me. It latched onto my heart a couple of years ago, and it hasn't been able to leave since. And I think equal parts me wanting to revisit a franchise that people seem to love so dearly, me playing through the original Nier, and just kind of vaguely hearing that song in the in the echoes of my memory had really motivated me to just dive in on Nier. And so uh, one thing that I wasn't expecting to enjoy as much as I did was a replay of Nier Automata, which... Again, previously I had played through every single ending, so again, I did the big thing at the end of the game. And I I was worried that it wouldn't really hit again. I thought it was like a flash-in-the-pan bit of magic. And uh, going back now, and I'm I'm pleasantly surprised to say that it does still work. And I'm very happy to hear that. And uh, honestly, I thought I'd be over it because, to me, when I first went in to play through... Uh, after I finished the original Nier and did all the endings, I was like, oh no. Also, spoilers for Nier and Nier Automata. You shouldn't be listening to this if you haven't played those games. I highly suggest doing it because I'm about to go all in on spoilers. But Yoko Taro did it again. He did the thing where you play through the game multiple times and then you choose, do you want to delete your save data? And I thought that revisiting Nier Automata... That would be that would make less of an impact. I was blown away that a game in 2010 would have asked that of players. Uh, but the thing that astounds me is he did it again. He he used the same magic trick, and it's usually something that I will fault a developer for. But here is why I am not faulting Yoko Taro for again doing the same trick again. But this time, I think there's a little more elegance to it because there's a little bit of built-in lore and world building that he does that makes this ending a little more earned than I would argue wasn't near. And also, if you had a really good trick and nobody played the original game where you did said trick, 
you owe it to yourself to just do it again and hope more eyes see it, which is what exactly what Yoko Taro did, and I and I didn't fault him. So I guess jumping around a little bit, going directly to the end of the game, uh, I, I think the ending of Nier Automata really boils down the importance of the importance and the theme of not only just Nier Automata, but the Nier franchise in general. And I would argue Yoko Taro's philosophy as a whole. And it's the idea that, you know, a very basic Blade Runner-ass interpretation of um, transhumanism, um, ripping the soul out of the body and putting it someone else, what makes a human a human. That's all sophomore stuff. That's stuff you, you think about when you're a sophomore in high school in your intro to philosophy class. But I think Yoko Taro takes it a step further, and he argues not only what does it mean to be human, but how do you be human in an era, in a world where there is no humanity left? And uh, Yoko Taro's thesis is the thing that makes us human is our willingness to do good, our philanthropy, our, our, our capacity for philanthropy with no kind of payment for it, with, without any sort of acknowledgement as such. The thing, that, the thing that really makes me smile and really made me laugh out loud when I finished Nier Automata again is the ending of choices where it says, we will delete your save data in order for you to help other players whom you've never met. Is that okay? Are you sure? What if you don't like that person? And then you have to say, that's okay. And then it says, what if this person is your worst enemy and by helping them, you would go back against everything you stand for and believe? And you're just like, no. The idea is that you are sacrificing humanity in order for others to to do well in order for others to have a chance at success and i i can't think of something that's more beautiful and more telling and something that is i would argue far more interesting than most games have to say like the last of us has some interesting things to say but i think it's pretty sophomore compared to something like near automata so now that i've gone through the end i'm going to revisit the beginning and kind of just slowly parse my thoughts about the game um, but now having played through the original Nier and having that context, the world has fallen. Humanity is dead. There is some semblance of a vestige of humanity, like DNA sequences logged on a space station in the moon. But the ending of the original Nier is not a happy one. It's one where Father Nier or Brother Nier damns humanity for his own selfish gain. gain. And you know what? I can't blame him because... When the world has fallen to pieces, all you really have is yourself and your own desire. So I can't fault someone for wanting to feel the only thing that is real. I think it's easy to look at something, and it also harkens back to that Last of Us combo, where you know we, we see characters who are willing to sacrifice the future of humanity for their own personal gain. And initially, it's like, oh, well, they're the, mean, they're the bad person. They're the antagonist. They're, they're not good people. That's not necessarily the case. Again, when, when there's nothing left, all you really have are those immediate thoughts, those immediate emotions and desires. So, you know, far be it from anyone to pass judgment on something like that. I feel like, Joel, it's a little bit easier because there is still some sort of, like, actual vestige of humanity. But in Nier's instance, eh, not really the case. Um, so, so going into Nier Automata... Now having the knowledge and the world building of like the Drakengard, the Black Scrawl disease, all that stuff, it just really, really 
it just really kind of I don't know. It lets you perceive the entire way the game's constructed. There's, of course, all those cheeky, fun nods to the original games that come in the form of, like, uh, Kainé's music uh, and, and so on and so forth. But I think overall it just feels like a world that I initially thought was lifeless was actually brimming with life and context that I was just not willing to see because I didn't want to read through lore logs for a game i didn't care about but that is obviously not the case anymore and uh i kind of tapped on it a little bit with the original near but the thing that draws me really to yoko taro is the, his ability and his desire to extract his initial idea of i'm gonna make a game and turn it into novellas um lore books um uh, audio diaries audio dramas and actual stage plays and kind of turning into this one cohesive product that you don't need to understand everything, but the game has such interesting things to say that you can't help but wanting to learn more about the world. And so um, the thing that I was blown away to find out was that there is actually the Yorha stage play with a, the all-female cast, and it's a small, like, low-budget, low-production-style stage play that took place in Japan that sets the stage for a lot of things that you will see in Nier Automata. Uh, the most, the biggest of which is setting up the the Red Twins, who, if you have played through the original Nier, are Devola and Popola. And the thing that's kind of beautiful about, about how he introduces us to these characters who we seemingly already know is they are just an offshoot. They are uh, um, like the Devola and Popola model. This is one that was not obviously in the original Nier because we killed them. But they are just these tragic characters who are basically destined to be hated by the rest of humanity because, uh, as we saw in the original Nier, the Devola and Popola models were implanted all throughout the world in order to monitor humanity. And when the day for reckoning finally came, they were supposed to damn humanity. And so there's this idea of that I think Yoko Taro taps into a little bit is some like Christian symbolism and uh, kind of Christian storytelling, Judeo-Christian, I'm saying, is the idea of original sin. Um, there, the, the, you know, in Christianity, there's the idea that because Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, everyone who came after them was also born with that sin as a result because of our DNA ties to early humanity. So that's very similar to Devola and Popola in that the, those model of androids were perceived as the destruction of humanity. And so anytime another Devola and Popola model, let's say Devola, Popola, B, C, D, and E, they were all equally cast out and looked at with disdain, all because of Devola and Popola model A. So there's already some ties to humanity and how kind of we, we perceive things. I think it's um, passing judgment without really... Uh, giving people the chance. It's it's that armchair criticism that everyone falls victim to, I would argue. And it's just over, over learning that that is not the correct way of looking at the world do we find out that, oh, that is not an appropriate way of reading, meeting new people. So immediately that draw is that's, that's so interesting. But like the previous Nier, the thing that really is magical about Automata is it's, tragic ties for every character every character in a yoko taro game seemingly destined for tragedy uh two b's is her 
her desire to kind of open up and um, feel something despite what her programming tells her to do. We have uh, 9S who is kind of a control freak. He is possessive in a way that a lot of, uh, I, I would argue, early high school boys are of people who they are close to. And then we have uh, 2A, or I'm sorry, A2, who is kind of functioning outside of society because she's been burned by her programming. And uh, I think that each of their ends is equally tragic and beautiful with something interesting to say. Um, and, And nothing really brings that to attention more than just the music in the game that really that really punctuates every story beat to make you feel like, wow, that's beautiful. And it all kind of uh, culminates in, in the initial ending of ending A, and that's where uh, 2B and 9S, again, like the original Nier, witness, you, you as the player witness the, this is for the player ending. This is for people who want to feel powered, empowered by video games, and also be the hero in their story. And we are greeted... Uh, with 2B having killed 9S, but 9S putting his his soul and his mind into a bunch of other machines. And so we end on that beautiful shot of 9S as a giant robot picking up 2B while... good song i think looking back at near and now looking and listening to near automata soundtrack it's really silly to say like oh this soundtrack is way better than the original near soundtrack and to some extent automata is kind of a remix a lot of a lot of the soundtrack of the original near but i think that 
I think that the I think Keiichi Okabe just really outdid himself in producing um, kind of a continuation of a score because again, same universe, same world, same level of tragedy and kind of general feeling of sorrow. But there's like a seed of hope in all of the music that I can't just uh, I just got to appreciate. And I, I'm feeling really scattershot. It has been a couple of weeks since I finished the game, but I just kind of wanted to settle on it a bit. Going back to overall theming, uh, the thing that really sticks out about Automata is uh, not only is it saying how to be human, but also kind of pointing out the flaws of humanity and how our creations would probably follow suit is the idea for us to kind of repeat things um, without end. Like we are destined to kind of retrace the steps we've already we've already placed the, the retrace the steps we've already taken and kind of humanity will never learn from its mistakes in its past again this is something that you probably heard in high school but you know the the future of the the history is decided by the past like the future is decided by the the, the, the past you know it's the idea that we can learn something and yet we seem to repeat the same mistakes. You see that with the rise of Nazism back in the 30s and 40s. Now we're like, oh, that's in the past. That would never happen again. Now we have Nazis again. That's just one small sample, but you know what I mean. Humanity, I, I think for all of its its uh, intricacies, we are kind of doomed to always repeat our mistakes. No matter if a few individuals are able to step back and say, we are just doing the same thing over and over again, there's something innately in us that causes us, that brings us to these situations, and yet we always choose the same thing, whether that boils down to selfishness, whether that boils down to uh, just maybe uncaringness, probably not. Is it something in our DNA? Is, is it something that we are just destined for failure? Uh, I don't know, but I think Nier Automata asks these questions and doesn't doesn't necessarily give answers. I think it just presents them to you in a context where you don't feel like you're being preached to, and yet you feel like you are able to learn. The way sci-fi and horror are safe avenues for exploring the realities of the present, so too does Nier Automata allow us to explore the nature of humanity through the lens of a video game. And I think you know every time you die in near automata it is just your soul getting or your data not your soul getting backed up into another similar looking 2b model and you're good to go because really is isn't the body just a shell if you're able to extract the essence of a thing and put it in something else is it truly different and that is some stuff that i'm definitely not ready to answer in this short little podcast but something i post to you um but one thing Yoko Taro is very good at is fan service, but fan service for people who just are kind of hungry for it, for people who have played the original game. Because for the most part, there are no real ties to the original Nier. Um, and I think that's for the best, because again, it's a game that not a lot of people played, so including it in, his, in this game would feel a little self-indulgent. And for the most part, there's no way really of telling this takes place in the same universe as Nier until you get to about two-thirds of the way through the initial uh, playthrough A, where in a shopping mall, 9S and 2B come across a very familiar face, Emil. (sighs) 
where am I? Um, what's that? Hey there, guys. What's up? This thing's weird, Tupi. Let's kill it. Wait, what? No. Good idea. No! Okay, what was that? Emil very much feels like a kind of Mad Max type character in that he's not an active protagonist by any stretch of the imagination, but he's more an observer. He's an observer of the world and he's kind of a the unofficial history keeper of the Yoko Taro-verse because he is immortal, so he's just able to witness and he's made clones of himself. He's able to see, you know, everything that has happened to society, to the world since the original Nier, which again is like 8,000 years ago at this point. So having Emil emerge as a shopkeeper who doesn't really remember who he is or what's going on is super interesting. And for people who want to pour in the, the tons of time leveling up to level 99 so you can actually fight him and stand a fighting chance, you, you, you get greeted with some pretty wonderful fan service. But I can't think of anything better than, than the initial um, the, the tie of the Lunar Flower. And that's something that was in the original game, this kind of rare flower that was supposed to make your dreams come true. It was supposed to make your, your deepest desires, your wishes come true. And um, that was really emblematic in the character of Kane. Or I'm sorry, not Kane, Kaine. And again, I talked at length about Kaine and kind of the tragedy of her. But the, the lunar flower is really kind of synonymous with her. So there's a side quest in Nier Automata where you are tracking down lunar flowers that are scattered throughout random corners of the world and upon finding one you notify Emil and he drives over to you and kind of muses over the flower for a bit and recalls vague traces of memories regarding old friends and once you finally find the last flower it culminates with oh I remember I have a special place I like to go to go check it out and so you take an elevator down to the depths of the city and upon the doors opening you are greeted with Kaine's salvation. his friends so much that he took Kaine's home and kind of preserved it and 
and even more beautifully is we have Kaine Salvation playing while a garden of lunar flowers is in blossom. And there is where we start to learn the ties to the original Nier. Because uh, if you played the original Nier, you will, will have undoubtedly have found the Gestalt Report. And this is uh, scientific data and report kind of chronicling the success and ultimately the failure of this, the Gestalt Project, the humanity's ability to extract the soul from the body and throw it in a fake replica so that they can continue existing in, in, for, for all time. Um, so having some sort of tie between both games is just really nice. And again, it doesn't hit you over the head with it. It's just there for people who want it. And uh, kind of tapping and pulling on that thread a little bit more is Emil's ultimate side quest. It's ending Y, which is kind of a joke ending. It doesn't really count in the ultimate canon. But you just realize that Emil's clones that are in the desert are kind of overwhelming his sense of being. And they have a desire to just destroy the world because of the sheer sadness of living in a world without his friends who are near uh, Kaine and so on and so forth and Yona. But uh, Emil realizes that that's not a healthy way of going, and so you fight his clones, and it's it's a very big deal. But like, it's just it's beautiful that we are given Yoko Taro gives his characters the kind of closure that we often wish humanity in the real world had the opportunity to enjoy. Instead of things being open ended, uh, Yoko Taro is pretty good at closing the doors on characters' fate in a way that feel appropriate, somber. Uh, the way you remember a good friend who may have passed away. And really, I, I feel like I'm kind of spinning my wheels in the dirt here, but if you haven't played the Nier, I know the original Nier might be a hard sell at this point, but I would say give Nier Automata a shot. I think it's something you won't be disappointed in. Um, beautiful music, fantastic gameplay. Again, we have, I think, a more refined version of the uh, action game mechanics that was present in the original game that were elevated to a brand new level because we got platinum games designing your action you know the folks behind vanquish bayonetta they made boring combat into something that is truly phenomenal and it feels good give me another action adventure game in the vein of near automata's combat and movement platinum games please uh, we also have a lot of the shooting, like the bullet hell stuff, that is ultimately pretty easy because you level up uh, super quickly in this game if you decide to do all the side quests. And it ultimately becomes kind of trivial, but at the ending of the game, the ending E sequence where it becomes a true bullet hell, that's when it gets really rewarding. And then we also see the return of like the short novellas to kind of give backstory in areas that maybe... Ha- we're probably lacking in them. And I just love Tato's ability to kind of just have fun with game design, kind of take an established genre and turn it on its head and do it in a tongue-in-cheek manner that doesn't deny who he is as a person, but also kind of ask difficult questions in a way that games just don't normally do. So you probably heard me gush enough at this point, and I will leave you with one last song. But that about does it for this final solo dolo Garbage Game Club. I promise I will finish Pokemon Sword and Shield at some point. It is a chore. But if you are listening to this on our regular podcast feeds, consider backing us over on patreon.com slash cybergarbage. There, you'll get early access to Garbage Game Club 
and a movie version of this podcast called Joey Hates Movies, where Joey, a woman named Coral, and I all talk about movies and our vain attempt to get Joey to like maybe a handful of them. Uh, if that sounds interesting to you, before you back us over at the f- Patreon at the $5 tier, consider listening to the free version of the podcast on your podcast feed. It gets to the podcast feeds a little bit late, so it's a, a little bit of a freebie for the people on Patreon. But if you are listening on your regular podcast feed, consider giving us a five-star rate and review. Please, that would help us out immensely. But until next time, uh, feel free to reach out to me about all things near. I'm Nick Limone. Goodbye.